Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this podcast and we pray that it blesses you. For any information on this sermon or our other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. Well, good to see everyone. Um, it feels real good in here tonight, eh? Real good buzz in here. So it's so good. Why don't you just turn to the person next to you and just say, how you doing? Give me a eyebrow raise. How you doing? CDS. All right. Wow. Bringing it back in. We're doing a theme on God's goodness at the moment. Everyone say God's goodness. So I'm just going to do a quick recap the last few weeks. Um, so Deb, a few weeks ago, opened up this theme for us, and she talked about how God has been working in history. Um, starting right back in the beginning, um, God is good in his story. And sometimes we don't see that he's good in our story, but he is. He's always good. Amen on that. Come on. And then Glenn shared last week on God moving, that God moves for us. He moves before us, and he moves with us. And we know that he's good is because he's moving. And then Lynn this morning, she had a really amazing word on, um, I don't want to give away too much because it's a little bit about what my word's about. So I won't give away too much. But she talked about how the church has to play a big role in bringing God's goodness to earth. Um, The church has a responsibility. Everyone here, you have a responsibility. I have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to bring God's goodness to earth here and now. Amen. Rang, you're needs it, your friends need it, your family need it, we all need it. So I, I'm really excited about where God is taking us with this theme of God's goodness at the moment and where he's taking us in the life of this church. Everyone excited? And so following our theme tonight, I want to share on, you guessed it, God's goodness. Yeah. New content. <laughs> the bedrock of all of theology is God's goodness. Theology. It's a fancy word for like the study of God. Uh, And so all of life, the bedrock of everything that we do, everything is centered and based around the goodness of God. You see, in a world full of pain, in a world full of hurt, in a world full of rumors of war, and inappropriately timed tweets by Donald Trump, um, God is still good and he is always good. You know, the Bible says that all good things come from God. Um, and the Bible is just full of stories and testimonies of his goodness. And I won't share many tonight because you're all um, baptized, Bible reading, tongue talking, baptized Christians here tonight, right? We all got that? Yeah, sweet. And so tonight what I want to do is I just want to camp around this thought that I've been having. And this thing is what I believe is the biggest obstacle for us seeing God's goodness. I believe this is the number one thing that blinds people from seeing the goodness of God, whether you're a Christian, a non-Christian, male, female, black, white, child, parent, whatever. This is the thing that I believe will blind you from seeing the goodness of God if we let it. So let me tell you a quick story. So there was a, a young boy and he was a really good looking boy. He was really, really driven. He had ideas. He had dreams. Everyone around loved him. I'm not talking about Luke Drennan, but pretty much just summed him up as well. Love you, Luke. Um, and one day this boy, has, he goes to bed at night and he has a dream. And he has this amazing dream and God begins to reveal to him his future. 
And so he goes up the next day, he wakes up and he's so excited. He shares it with his family and his friends. He said, this is what like God showed me. This is the future God has for me. And he's really excited and his, everyone looks at him sideways and they're like, bro, you're pretty arrogant to, to think that's going to come to pass. And then he goes to bed that night, has a similar dream. Wakes up the next morning, tells his family, and by this point, they're just like, who the heck are you to be having this dream and thinking that this is going to happen for your life? And so uh, it kind of takes a turn for the worse here. They take him out of the city, they drag him out, they throw him in a pit, sell him to slavery, and then uh, pretend that he's dead to everyone else. Happy story, eh? And then... Um, so he, he gets sold into slavery. Bear with the story here. He gets sold into slavery where he's forced to spend the rest of his life working as a slave. Terrible. But as he's working, people begin to see this like leadership on his life. They see this, um, that he, you know, he's someone that has influence. And so they put this guy, this by now a teenager or a young adult, they put him in charge of this master's house. And he's the man of integrity and he's working and he's looking after the household and all the affairs. And everything seems to be going well until one day a lady takes interest in him. All knows some, I won't say anymore. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say there. Um, a lady takes interest in him and uh, tries to ensnare him. And what he does is he runs away. And so long story short, the lady blames it on him that she, he was trying to commit adultery with her and he ends up in prison for a lifetime. People go, oh. It's a gnarly story, right? Anyone know the story? Yeah. Anyone give me the name of the guy in the story? Joey? <laughs> Joseph. For all of those who got it right, Glenn's going to give you 20 bucks. Hey, Glenn, can you stand up for a moment? It's this guy's birthday. Come on, let's honor Glenn. It's his birthday today. 21 years old. More handsome than ever. So the story of Joseph, and here we are, we're talking about the goodness of God, but let's address the elephant in the room. And sometimes it doesn't always feel like life is good, right? I'm sure Joseph was feeling that. Kind of life was a little bit, a little bit lame for him. It kind of went from like really good to really bad to really good, just like a whole life of extremes, really. And so through that, we don't always see that God is good. But here is the biggest thing, I believe, that stand, like blinds us from seeing God's goodness. The biggest thing that stands in the way from us really seeing how good He is. And so tonight, what I want to talk about is disappointment. Goodness over disappointment. Because disappointment is a real thing, Right? And if you were Joseph, you'd be feeling pretty disappointed right about now. Anyone felt disappointed? Hands up. No. Perfect. No, actually, that's quite a few hands. That's more than I was expecting. Um, I wrote, sweet, we're all perfect. But there's good honesty going on in here, so I like it. Here's the thing. like Our lives aren't perfect, and there's always going to be disappointment. There's always going to be things that just really just tick us off. And Joseph in the story felt disappointment. And so tonight what I want to do is I want to talk about disappointment. I want to acknowledge it as a real feeling, a real emotion. And then what we want to do is together we're going to disempower it. So I'm excited to do that together. So who's ready for a fresh perspective of God's goodness tonight? 
Yeah, come on. All right, well, Lord, we just thank you and we give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise tonight. Father, we thank you that you right now are just um, knocking on the doors of people's hearts and just bringing to light some of those disappointments that were buried in there. God, would you just give us a fresh revelation of your goodness tonight? Everyone said, Amen. Anyone there love a good movie? Anyone love any movie buffs out there? Any like diehard Disney fans out there? Yeah. I just love watching like a well thought out, like captivating storyline. Like I really couldn't walk past a Disney movie, like a Disney classic or like a chick flick. You know, either of those two, put them in front of me. Come on. If you can't, if you can't love me at my worst, you can't have me at my best. Um, but I just, I, I love a good story. Like I'm a sucker for a good story, you know, like where the introduction is just so captivating, you know, those movies, um, like the girl is the, the girl, the opening scene, the girl is like running through this little country town and she's kind of like skipping along and everyone in the town loves this wee girl. And she's like singing a song about how amazing and wondrous her life is. She's smart. She's beautiful. And then uh, just to take the story another another way downhill, um, her father's put in prison. By the way, I'm giving you the plot for Beauty and the Beast. So if no one's ever seen this, did you know that? Nice. My girl. Um, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, so the father's put in prison. For the father to be saved, she has to take the place of the father. And so she does that. And this big beast is holding her, like this big fearsome creature is kind of holding this girl. So she takes the place and she's in prison. But what happens? She begins to fall in love with this big, ugly, fearsome creature, right? This big beast. And suddenly they like fall in love and there's the scene where they're outside under the stars. The moon's out. It's like a hundred times bigger than any real moon. And they're like looking into each other's eyes and cuddling each other, not kissing because it's got to keep it appropriate. And... Uh, Plot twist again, all the villagers come along, try kill the beast, he's triumphant, love wins, and they live happily ever after, right? That's the Disney kind of classic story. Could you imagine if they fell in love, they were like, they vowed to be with each other forever, and then in some tragic, tragic accident, Belle, the girl dies, and the, the beast stays beast forever, and story's over, credits start rolling. Could you imagine that? I would be like so disappointed. I'd like pick that VHS up and I'd take it right back on down to Civic Video and be like, what is, what is going on around here? That's what I would be doing. I'd be fuming. But the point is disappointment comes in all different kinds of shapes and sizes. There's all sorts of disappointment. It could be disappointment over a, a plot line in a movie or, or a book. It could be like a temporary loss. Or it could be a little more serious. It could be something that a person or a situation where it just feels hopeless. And, and suddenly that disappointment that we feel begins to shadow our every reality. You see, so many people feel disappointment. We all feel disappointment. But so many people are clouded with disappointment. And we've heard people say that perception is reality. So if you're feeling, like if you're perceiving that, Disappointment, it becomes the lens and the filter that you see everything through. Circumstances, people, God, no matter what it is. And so, what I want to do is, I want to encourage us tonight to not allow disappointment to dictate how you see God's goodness. I don't want to discount um, 
disappointment is a real emotion because we all feel disappointment. But because Jesus loved us so much, this is the hope we have. Because Jesus loved us so much, he embodied our humanity. He took on our flesh and our bone and he came and he took and he felt every bit of joy, every bit of pain, every bit of sorrow, every bit of anger, every bit of disappointment that we could feel. And what he knew to do was he needed to surrender it to the Father. And so that's what I want us to do tonight. I don't want to allow disappointment to rob us and stand in the way. Am I alone here or are we, are we all on the same page? Cool. So I have three things tonight. Everyone say three things. Three things on how to disempower Disappointment. So many disses. That's a really good word, by the way, Lynn, this morning. Man, got me, eh? All right. So what I want to do is I want to share three, I want to share three lies around disappointment, and then I'm going to break them with three truths. So I'm going to go lie, truth, lie, truth, lie, truth. We all on the same page with that? Cool. Let's do that. So the first lie is I'm the only one feeling this way. Yeah, oh man, we've all been there. I remember when I was seven years old and I was standing in class and I was standing up on a stool and uh, I was being a show-off, I was being a clown, like I was in school. And someone came up behind me and they pulled down my pants and I stood there with my white legs out and I was so embarrassed. And from that day on I got teased for my white legs and I was like, I'm the only one with white legs. I'm the only one who feels this way. <laughs> like, genuinely, this was, this was my thing for a while. It, might, it wasn't just the thighs. It was down here, too. I was, man, it was something that I felt, and I thought I was the only one going through that. Funny story. That's not really, that's not funny. But I just want to ask, you know, is there anyone else who's maybe even had that situation happen to you? But has anyone else felt that they're the only one only one going through disappointment. The only one feeling this way. Because what the devil does is he tries to isolate you and he tries to make you believe that you're the only one who's going through this. You're the only one feeling this particular way. You know, and you hear people say it all the time, like, no one has walked through what I'm journeying. And like, it, it's true, but everyone feels disappointment. So the lie, I'm only feeling, I'm the only one feeling this way. But the truth is this. The devil disappoints, God appoints. Um, God appoints us and he has appointed us. And I love right back in the beginning in Genesis when he like kind of knelt down on the ground. God knelt down and he picked up the clay and he sculpted man and he breathed his life into it. And he journeyed life with man right throughout the story of creation and through the Bible. And even then he had his mind on every single one of us in this room. And then the climax of the story is when Jesus came and he closed the separation between us and God caused by sin. And so now we have full access to the Father. But this is the cool bit. Not only do we have full access to the Father, and not only is the separation between God and man closed, but he has appointed us as sons and daughters and so every disappointment, every bit of shame, everything that we feel, God has actually wiped away. I love that. And so the lie, the lie is this, I'm the only one feeling this way. But the truth is this, that God appoints, that God has appointed us. And we don't have to be alone in what we're feeling. The second lie is this, you have to carry disappointment 
yourself. You have to carry it alone. Have you ever felt alone in what you're carrying? You know, like, sometimes I think... <laughs> so rude. Not jokes. Um, you know, like, you know when you believe that you aren't supposed to be carrying this disappointment? It's like as Christians sometimes, those classic Christians who are like, I shouldn't be feeling disappointment. I'm a, I'm a Christian. And they like start hitting themselves and they're like, stop feeling disappointment. They're like, stop it. You're supposed to be holy. You're supposed to be perfect. And you're trying to remind yourself that you're a Christian. And like, man, stop, stop feeling this way. And what happens is shame comes when we feel that emotion, that disappointment emotion. And we think we're not supposed to feel it. But here's the thing. Shame is the voice inside us telling us that we're supposed to be more holy, that we're supposed to be more like this. And it's funny because the shame, the feeling of shame is actually more destructive than the disappointment in the first place. It's the shame that leads us further into disappointment, which leads us into a place of despair. So disappointment is actually a normal emotion that we all feel. But the truth tonight is that disappointment really belongs to Jesus. And I love what he says in the word. He says, come to me, all you who are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. See, the lies you have to carry yourself, but the truth is that disappointment belongs to Jesus because we weren't meant to carry this alone. And his word even says, cast your burdens on him for he cares for you. And I want to encourage you, when it comes to your emotions, when it comes to what you're feeling, really to be real with God. And I heard a preacher say this, you lose God when you lose your own heart. Like, if you can't be real with God, then who really can you be real with? And so even Jesus felt disappointment. Um, for those of you who don't know my story, I'm not really going to go into it tonight because it's, it's long and dragged out. But, like, life is full of disappointment, and I just want to say that. Um, like mum suffers terminal illness and there's always situations and there's always things that are going on. If you want to talk to me about it later, you can come see me. But there's always going to be situations. There's always going to be things that come between, feel like they come between us and God and they bring disappointment on us. But what Lynn said this morning is it's when we camp in that place of disappointment that that's wrong. That's wrong. Like disappointment, the feeling that's fine, everyone feels it, but it's when we camp there and we accept it as our lot, that's when it becomes wrong. You see, I believe authority comes to Christians, it comes to us when we choose to reject disappointment. And I don't want to see a generation drowned in disappointment. I don't want to see a generation full of depression and anxiety and all those things because of disappointment that they're feeling. You know, I'm believing for a generation that understands emotions and seeks help. I'm, I'm believing for a generation that understands that disappointment isn't the end game. I'm believing for a generation that looks for hope in the hopeless of situations and believing for a generation that has their eyes always fixed on God. And even when the storms come, they say to the storm, like, you can come at me, but I'm going to tell you how big my God is compared to you. Is anyone with me tonight? Can we actually just give God a clap? Because it's just like, man, he deserves all the praise tonight. So the truth is this, disappointment, oh, no, no, go back quickly, quickly, I think I'm going to say it. <laughs> disappointment belongs to Jesus. 
And so here's the third lie. Nothing good ever happens to me. And I want to encourage you tonight that good is always going to come your way. That disappointment is not the end game. This is the encouragement tonight. That the goodness of God is always the end game. The goodness, I said this at the beginning, the goodness of God is like the bedrock of all of life. And every emotion, pain, every worry, every doubt and fear was nailed to the cross. And that's not like a thing to be like sad about. Like, oh. But we can get excited that Jesus came and embodied all of that and took it for us so that now we can live a life with him. And so the truth tonight is when we say nothing good ever happens to me, we can say and we can have a confident expectation of good. That's the third truth. I can have a confident expectation of good. If I could just get the band up, please, it would be awesome. I love the scripture in Philippians 4 verse 8. It says this, Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things and center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. And I love this verse because it just kind of centers us around like the goodness of God. And it, it reminds us to kind of lift our head up in those times. You guys all remember the story I told of Joseph right at the start? I love how the story ends. The story ends with, like this. Joseph becomes the right hand of like the second most powerful man in all of Egypt and at that time the known world. He's attributed for saving a nation during one of the hardest periods of time and the people of Egypt and the nations around them owed their lives to this guy and then his father and his brothers and all relations come to him and those who threw him into slavery and they like said they were sorry and they came around him you see Joseph had a confident expectation of good and the principle is this if you can surrender your disappointment to God then the blessing you will receive back will be tenfold see his word says all things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes so the three truths are this that God appoints two that disappointment belongs to Jesus and three we can have a confident expectation of good why don't we just like stand to our feet right now as I've been preaching um I just believe that if we can get the house lights off as well. As I've been preaching, I just believe uh, Holy Spirit has gone ahead and he started to um, like reveal the areas of disappointment in our hearts. And so tonight what I want to do is I just want to give you an opportunity just to surrender these disappointments to God. It's not going to be a big thing. I'm all I'm going to ask you to do is just put your hand up and just say, yep, I've got disappointments that I've, things that I've, I've felt and I want to surrender it to God so that I don't have to camp there any longer. So why don't we all close our eyes and this is our opportunity to surrender them to Him right now. And what we're doing is as we put our hand up is we're breaking agreement with the enemy and we're actually putting our hand up and it's a declaration in itself. See, I believe that God is going to come and take all those things those disappointments that we've been feeling and he's going to give us a fresh perspective tonight. So if every eye closed, if that's you, if you've been journeying disappointment, 
if you've got things inside that you're like, man, I just need to surrender over to God, then right now, why don't you just put your hand up? Why just raise your hand wherever you are? God, we just thank you that, Lord, when you died on the cross, you took everything, all the muck, all the stuff that we didn't need to carry. Father, we thank you that salvation means that we've been whole, we're whole, we're set free, and we're delivered. And God, I thank you right now that we can be delivered from every disappointment, every bit of shame that we feel, whatever it is. God, and I thank you that in your word it says that you give us beauty for ashes. 